This is Tripwire Week in Review for week ending August 27th. I'm Martha Kocher with Trep, a data modeling and analytics firm for the CMBS, commercial real estate, and CLO markets. I'm with Manis Clancy, Senior Managing Director, and Joe McBride, Head of Siri Finance. This week, the FDA gave full approval for Pfizer's vaccine, paving the way for more mandates. And earnings season winds down with strong earnings, but uncertainty about the Delta variant. In economic news, factories and service providers reported slower growth last month. Sales of existing homes in July ticked up from June, and the Fed meets later this week with many watching to see if there's some clarity on the bank's next steps. And this week, the results of our TREP CRE sentiment survey are in, and our team is going to share the highlights and the key takeaways. But first, Joe is back in the office for real. Welcome back, Joe. As my two-year-old son would say, oh my goodness, it's been a surreal experience, I will say. Uh, you know, I don't want to go through all the details and everything else, but it's for me, it's a new commute. It's a new train station. It's a new drive to the train. It's new everything. And I had to do the, the weekly meeting and kind of present in front of everybody. I haven't talked in front of more than two people in a year and a half, and it's kind of wild, you know? So I will say that it is really nice. Train ride in was nice and quiet, nice and empty. And, you know, seeing people in real life is underrated, I guess. And that pain behind your eyes that you get or that that headache that you get after 10 hours of Zoom, it doesn't happen when you're in three hours of real people meetings, because this is how the cavemen talked. They talked to each other face to face. So our brains are made for it. So a lot of interesting thoughts going on. The one thing I will say is that almost every whiteboard in this office has some sort of oddball quote that I wrote down on that whiteboard like two years ago. So some things haven't changed. And my Dunkin' Donuts uh, plastic water cup had about an ounce of water in it. And I almost wanted to save it for posterity because that's pre-COVID water. That was... You may want to, you might want to throw that cup out. I was thinking about putting an office pool together to see who would pay how much for somebody to drink that. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, we're in here. I mean, we are recording early this week because we have some executive uh, all day meetings in the next couple of days where everyone's going to be getting together, uh, which will be good. I guess what I'm, what I'm kind of interested to see is how things will progress from here because there's so many companies who are not setting firm dates for return or they've set firm dates and they're moving them back and everything else. And, you know, we have a date for return, but, you know, to see what the actual take up rate on that will be for us will be kind of interesting and maybe indicative of kind of broader trends. And I will have the pleasure of seeing Joe in person and Martha and others as I go back for this on-site. You know, uh, historically, we would do these things off-site and uh, you would bring your blazer and slacks to some destination and get together for strategy and cocktails. And, and this time it's just a site. And we're going back to the, uh, the mothership and we'll see how that goes. And my one recollection of a, a really failed offsite was having to go there and figuring out that the pants that I had purchased the day before, because I was out of dry cleaning laundry, still had the anti-theft device on them. And I had to deal with that inconvenience from Scottsdale, Arizona, which uh, I look back but not you fondly. Tell you gotta tell now. the rest of the story. Yeah, you gotta tell the solution. You took off the anti-theft device, you made a hole in your pants. How'd you fix it? Well, 
I had to go down to the lobby and borrow a Sharpie from the woman at the front desk. And I had to use it on my undergarments to make sure <laughs> that my undergarments matched my black slacks, that it Genius. was clear to uh, anybody around that happened to notice, or at least it, it brought less attention to the hole in my pants that I had to create to take away that four inch by one inch anti-theft device that uh, came with me. Only someone smart enough to build structured product calculation engines could come up with that solution. <laughs> All right, before we get into this stuff, I'll, I'll make one last comment here. So this morning, actually last night and this morning, it's funny how much you take for granted the day-to-day uh, -day routine stuff like commuting because I was in my bedroom and my bathroom in my garage. Like I felt like Marla Hooch. Remember when Marla Hooch got the signs from Jimmy Dugan to, uh, to not bunt and she was stepping in and out of the batter's box back and forth, back and forth. That was me like all morning. I was like, do I have this? Do I have that? Oh, a belt. Oh, uh, my watch. Oh, uh, this, a bat. And it's like, it's funny that, you know, you take for granted all those tiny little things that you used to do every single day without even thinking about it. You know, I almost had to like make a list for myself. It's like I've devolved over a year and a half. Right. The muscle memory is gone. Exactly. So we talked about the CRE sentiment survey, and this was an opportunity for us to actually ask those who were in the market what they feel is happening in the coming months. So we often report on what's happened, looking back, giving data analysis on what we observe, but we've turned the lens around and asked those who are our listeners, those who are our clients, those who are in the market as influencers, how they feel about the market in the coming months. And we've got we've gotten some interesting feedback. So just to give you some of the particulars about the survey, it was available in August from the 13th to the 23rd. The respondents were from company types that are obviously those that participate in commercial real estate and finance. They're in what they deem to be commercial real estate, capital markets, banks, and structured finance. And if you break down the role types, the predominant five or six role types were owner operators, brokers, asset managers, appraisers, investors, and lenders. So we felt we got a really good response. And for the folks that did respond to us, thank you. We gave you about 20 questions. So it wasn't too overwhelming, but did give us some really good indications of how you feel the market's going to change in the coming months. And a lot of folks wrote in comments that we'll share with you as well. Uh, so we're going to cover that in highlights today. And then obviously, if you want the full detailed report, we will provide you that as well. I'm always blown away, I have to say, by our audience and the interaction we have with them. So I just wanted to underscore our gratitude um, that Martha expressed to start this off. And it's not just gratitude for filling out this survey and coming back to us, it's gratitude for the last 18 months, the number of people that we've um, become friends with by chatting back and forth via text or email, uh, getting on the phone with every month to talk about conditions on the ground, having coffee with in various cities and so forth. It's just, it's more than just a podcast for me. It's an education for me. I get as much out of it from our respondents uh, and the people that reach out to us than I do, I think that I put into it, which is really something. And, and it's just such a, a wonderful experience for me. You know, I, I'm so grateful for everybody 
participating and kind of leaning into the whole process and giving their thoughts and their comments and their education to me and Joe, and most of all, putting up with our our nonsense like we did for the first seven minutes today, talking about sites and offsites and so forth. So uh, all of that has been wonderful. So uh, with That's that, the I'll quiz let Martha... of the week is uh, name that movie, Marla Hooch. <laughs> That's and with that, I'll uh, throw it back to Martha to, to kick off our, our results. Yeah. So let's start out with just at a very high level. How would you characterize the overall sentiment of the respondents? I would say it was very much bifurcated and we'll get into this a little bit more in a moment. On the one side, they're cautiously optimistic, I would say, on average, about where we're headed. I think they don't feel great about where we are, but they feel good. Good meaning we're progressing, we're seeing steady improvement in things. It's not Mardi Gras, it's not New Year's Eve every day, it's not even 2019 yet, but it's not the apocalypse we were looking at in June 2020. So more positive than negative, but I would say, I think there's fear out there that regulators or central banks could screw this up and turn what is a modest upward tilting recovery into something worse. And with that, we'll kind of get into some of the details. So obviously we kick off every podcast talking at least for the first few minutes about economic conditions and what's happened over the week to change how the economy is doing. So that was a question we asked respondents to give us their feedback on the impact of the economy, both at the national level and at the local level on uh, commercial real estate. So the big thing there was by about a 16 point margin, people said they expect economic conditions nationally to be more positive than negative. So we had about 25% of the respondents say that they were unsure or the impact would be negligible, but by a 45 to 29% ratio, 45% of the respondents said the national economic conditions should impact my business positively. Only 29% said negatively. So it goes to my point that by a plurality, people think that, you know, we're getting there. But when you say only, I mean, 30% is no small number, right? That's almost a third of the respondents are saying that both national and local economic conditions will have negative impacts on their business. And I, I'm not sure, you know, we didn't do the meta analysis of who is saying what, but uh, I wonder if that's kind of transactional folks who are thinking transactions will slow down or, or if they're thinking about regulatory or COVID type clampdowns. But, you know, I would just echo what Mana said earlier, which is, I'd say, cautiously optimistic, but a lot of potential crabgrass, a lot of potential negatives here that people are kind of pointing out and maybe saying are kind of underreported. Yeah, I think we're a little bit betwixt in between at this point. Uh, having looked at some of the comments that people came back with, it's there's progress, there's hope, there's people coming back to the offices, there's people traveling, there's people staying in hotels, uh, but we still have a lot more wood to cut. And I think that that's reflected in these numbers. And to your point, Joe, that 30% that are not optimistic or not seeing the next six months in, in the positive light, that's, uh, that's concerning. Yeah. And some of the negatives I think come in, you know, later in some of these questions, like all the questions were kind of basically in the next three to six months, what do you see happening with X, Y, and Z? This one, what do you see? Policy, regulation, enforcement, et cetera. 
And 70%, obviously, well, I should say 60% say affect commercial real estate negatively, 30% say no effect or not have much effect. I want to talk to the 6% who think that they'll affect commercial real estate positively. I guess it, it's a open for interpretation, that question, but usually people in this space aren't looking forward to more regulations. So we'll get into that a little bit more, but we'll talk about economic conditions just one, one step further. We talked about that first set of responses, which is at a national level. On the local economic level, we asked people, you know, what will the next couple months look like for you in your local market? Not quite as positive at a local level than they were at a national level. You know, as I mentioned before, nationally, about 45% of the respondents thought that the economy would improve nationally or, or would impact business positively over the next couple of months. Uh, when they were asked that same question about local economic conditions, 39% thought local conditions would impact their business positively. 30% were either unsure or thought it would have little, and then 29% negatively. So Whereas it was a 16-point spread, positive to negative, on the first question, uh, on this one, only about a 10-point spread. So Joe and I, in our prep for this yesterday, you know, he said, you know, sometimes you think that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, and and maybe that's the case here that you think that, you know, there is Mardi Gras and New Year's Eve happening somewhere, but it's just not in your backyard. Yeah, I think one of the things we want to do with these surveys over time is to you know, obviously report the granular results, which will be in the kind of full-blown report that we release, but also just like its namesake, we want to track sentiment. So, you know, for each one of these questions, maybe some of them, maybe all of them, we're going to have kind of a general level of positivity, neutrality, or negativity. And we want to see how those levels change over time. So this is number one of what's hopefully going to be kind of a quarterly exercise where we can actually it's maybe it's less important to know the actual absolute numbers and more important to see the changes over time, right? So if 40% of people are thinking that, you know, local economy is going to impact them positively this month, and it becomes, you know, 48% next quarter, that's going to be a, that's a positive thing to kind of follow. So obviously we track delinquencies in our market regularly. So we asked our respondents, what do they think is going to happen with commercial real estate and CMBS loan delinquencies? in the next three to four months? Here, it was, it was kind of similar to what we saw. More people thought that we would see improvement than we would see worsening, but it wasn't an enormous spread. To Joe's point in the first set of questions, you know, I took the, the glass half full tack and said, you know, there's a 10 to 15 point difference between people feeling good and bad. You know, and he pointed out that, that 30% still felt things were getting worse or would be getting worse. You used to be such a negative Nancy, and now look at you. Yeah, too much time to... out of the office. Get back in here for a couple of days. We'll turn you right back into negative Nancy. I don't know. I, my cup runneth over. There's really, I'm a lucky man, and I, I understand it. And I, you know, to, to divert for just one minute, you know, sometimes you take things for granted, and then you see how conditions are in Afghanistan, and it just really puts you back firmly in the side of just how much your cup runneth over. So, uh, but in the delinquency side, 51% of the, the audience thought that the respondents thought we would see improvement, but 38% thought we'd see things get worse. And I thought that was a shockingly high number. I think that it probably reflects the fact that our respondents are thinking that regulation and or the Delta variant will take a second bite out of 
hotels and retail properties and perhaps a bite out of offices. I thought it was interesting though, that even though a good percentage, about 50%, a little more than said it would improve, they only said slightly. So no one feels that we're going to go back to, well, that's not true. There are a couple very positive people that feel we're going back to pre-pandemic levels. It was low single digits. You know, I think that the fact that people think that the improvement will be painstakingly slow is of a piece of what we're saying before, that this recovery is slow and steady and not the enthusiastic recovery that we were expecting in March or April. So I will tell, I will say that the TREP CMBS delinquency rate historically has tracked incredibly closely to the unemployment rate. Correlation does not imply causation one way or the other, but I think there are a lot of similarities in the rapid increase, the rapid decrease, and now the slow decrease, right? So everything that, that was a whipsaw type delinquency due to COVID and whipsawed back into performing happened already, just like people who lost their jobs due to COVID, but then, you know, reopenings happened and they were able to get right back in. Like those things kind of have been baked into the number. And now the properties that are going to take a lot longer to work through potential issues and the people maybe who are going to take longer to be able to get back to work for what, for whatever reason it might be like that improvement from where we are now down to, you know, 3% unemployment or 3% delinquency, like that took six or seven years really to get to that very, very low number that we were at pre-COVID. And I think the same could be said about unemployment rates. So yeah, if you're ever looking for a pre-read on unemployment, just check out the delinquency report. Another question we asked was about transaction activity. We asked what we felt uh, would be happening in the coming six months which property types would have the most transaction activity? I think this was one of the least surprising slides uh, of the stuff that our producer Haley put together for us. And by the way, thank you to our entire marketing arm that Martha heads up and Haley is a big part of that uh, put together the survey and really organized the results quite nicely. Here, no big surprises. Multifamily for which transaction activity never really slowed down throughout the pandemic. There's been an incredible amount of sales and purchases. Uh, that's the leader. 71% said either multifamily or industrial would be at the, at the top of the list and trailing very far behind lodging, retail, and office. So very much a bifurcated list. Multifamily and industrial have been uh, on fire in terms of sales uh, you know, over the last year. Maybe the big surprise out of the rest is that of the other three, lodging was the highest number and office was the lowest. So I guess maybe that uncertainty about who's coming back and when and how long for how long and how much space they need, it will dampen office activity going forward. So yeah, I think that hotel story is one we've been talking about for a long time, which is if there has been distressed, either distressed or just regular type of transaction opportunities that have been affected by COVID, we have seen a lot more activity in that lodging space than we have seen in office or retail, other than like Namdar in retail, right? Okay, turning to CRE fundamentals, by the end of 2021, what will CRE fundamentals look like according to our respondents? So we did a kind of an interesting question here where we took every property, all the five major property types, and we asked 
where will effective rents be in the next six months? And we also asked, where will occupancy be? And on the, I guess a lot of this falls in line with what you'd expect. Industrial has, you know, somewhat and well above pre-pandemic levels and like over 90% of people said that. Retail, I think was, I guess, slightly better than maybe I would have expected, although it still has 50% of people saying somewhat below pre-pandemic levels, 31% saying well below. But where I found the most interesting response here was office. So on the office side, you had 73 or so percent of respondents said that effective rents will be either well below pre-pandemic levels or somewhat below pre-pandemic levels. I mean, I don't know if that's surprising per se, but I would say that, you know, the stories in the market that we're hearing and transactions and things like that, we just haven't seen any sort of uh, real stress occurring yet, even though 70% of, you know, our sample size is saying that there should be some, right? It just might have to ripple through uh, the office market more slowly. So yeah, let's break these up uh, by the two questions we asked. Effective rents for offices over the next six months, as Joe said, 73% said somewhat or well below pre-pandemic levels. Occupancy though, 90% said occupancy would be somewhat below or well below. 44% Evenly split, right? Right, 44% said uh, well below pre-pandemic levels. Now, and that was economic occupancy, by the, by the way, which is a shockingly bearish number in my estimation. And I think what makes it shockingly bearish for me is that a, a sizable percentage of the people who responded to this were brokers. And brokers, by their nature, are optimistic people, I find. Right, they believe that recovery is right around the corner, and 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 things are looking up. You, you meet them on the train, or you meet them on the street, or you meet them for coffee, and the glass isn't half full. The glass is like ninety nine percent full. It's just who they are. So, for this percentage of respondents to say, you know, ninety percent are going to be somewhat below or well below, you know, that has to include a fairly high percentage of the brokers that responded to this. So a really interesting data point. Running through the rest, kind of no point in going through industrial at any level of, of granularity, but it's 75 or 80% expect both occupancy and rents to be up. On the retail side, again, not that big a, a surprise. 80% expect occupancy to be somewhat below or well below pre-pandemic levels. On the income side or the rent side, uh, about the same, 80% expected to be well below or somewhat below. The interesting point there is retail is getting higher marks than offices when it comes to what occupancy trends will look like. So kind of a just a, a remarkable dichotomy there. You know, not a great picture for lodging, you know, about uh, the same numbers, maybe a little less, 70% in the lodging side expect rents, you know, or, or, you know, rev par, if you will, to be worse in the next six months. Uh, same with occupancy. Kind of a, a surprise for me on the upside was at multifamily, people are very bullish about both occupancy and rent on multifamily properties over the next six months. So they expect that to really grow strongly. So uh, one kind of related question here on the survey was, when will you be back in the office? And this kind of 
negates all the negativity on, well, not all of it, but negates some of the negativity on the office space because we actually had 50% that said we're already back in the office, right? And another 14% before the end of 2021, another 14% early 2022. So what is that? About 70, 80% expect are either back in the office or expect to be back in the office by early 2022. Obviously, anyone who's not back in the office yet could get pushed out further, but I guess that's a, that's a positive sign on the office side. And let's talk about the biggest concern. So we asked, what is your biggest concern? And we gave them some preceded answers. And interestingly, we got a lot of writing comments as well. So here, I guess it goes back to something I mentioned, you know, 15 minutes ago or so, mostly is that people are concerned about regulatory things and taxes becoming a real drag. So if you look at the top four, top five responses, there's only one or two that are not about regulation. So uh, 49% concerned about Fed monetary policy. We've talked about that endlessly on the podcast. 37% talk about regulation, which is probably a lot about the eviction moratorium, um, that being an issue, although we didn't make that its own specific line item. New tax measures, the biggest single concern, 54%, 40% said asset values, which you could say is tied into Fed monetary policy. And really the only thing that was not related to something coming out of Washington per se was labor costs and shortages. But even that you could say is tied to unemployment benefits and so forth. But just to run down the list, new tax measures, 54%, labor costs, 51% said that would be a concern, Fed monetary policy, 49%, uh, asset values, 39%, 40%, regulation in general, 38%. And it ties to another set of questions that we, we did uh, earlier, but we're not, we won't get into in great detail. Over the next three or four months, we asked if policy and regulation enforcement would affect real estate uh, positively or negatively. 58% said they expected it to be a drag on commercial real estate. And when we talk about 2022 new, new tax measures, 64% expected new tax measures to affect commercial real estate negatively. So a, a sizable amount of people are really concerned about that. So we had a number of people, as I had mentioned earlier, that wrote in some of their concerns and they fall in a bunch of different categories. One of them is obviously the Delta variant could be a tipping point of some kind, uh, both for uh, tenants and investors. So that was something uh, that someone wrote in about. Some other write-ins were economic disruption hasn't yet hit valuation. So valuation is a concern and commented on, if you just go down Broadway and Soho and look at the retail vacancies, it is astounding. So there's a, a concern that that won't snap back without some pain. You know, it was something we talked about in last week's pod that one of the comments we got outside of this survey this week, um, we got a, a remark about last week's pod. We talked about what would be the catalyst for the next downturn and this group, it would seem to be number one is taxes and regulation, and number two is Delta. From what I'm gathering here, 
but I'll let Joe respond to this, which is something which uh, one of our loyal listeners responded with it kind of a, a different point of view, which didn't really appear in our survey, but is definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think this was Yanni, one of our favorite loyal listeners, he sent something in and I, I kind of, I was kicking myself because it, when he sent in this, this email, I had actually read something about it. And he knows it kind of on the ground because he deals with industrial tenants and other things. But the point was the shipping costs and the supply or lack thereof supply of container ships, shipping things in goods from China at this point, and the ports in California being, you know, completely tied up. Basically, the supply chain issues that a lot of people kind of forgot about after they got that Evergrande uh, barge out of, what was that, the uh, Suez Canal, I was about to say the Nile River, when they got that thing out of the Suez Canal, everyone was like, okay, we're good. But this is still a really, really big issue for anybody who's importing goods from the Far East. And I, I had actually seen an article about one of the shippers, one of the companies that, you know, ships goods uh, into the US, they had had they had reported Q2 earnings, which their earnings for just that quarter were more than their cumulative earnings over their entire lifespan of the company, right? And that the the cost of shipping, you know, a container, I think Yanni had given us some numbers, it's gone from, you know, in the in the low 1000s to, you know, 30 or $40,000 a container or even more. So here we are talking about the real economy, right? Uh, we are in real estate, but we're very financially oriented. But if, you know, small businesses and medium-sized businesses can't get their goods uh, delivered and can't recognize revenue and they can't, you know, it's, it could be a serious uh, effect. And it also uh, obviously should be playing into those inflation numbers that we're seeing. You know, it's so severe, it might lead our loyal listener Scott B to, to uh, dust off that dinghy up in Cambridge and start using it for industrial traffic. I know he likes to take his dinghy out off Cape Cod uh, from time to time. Talking about the real economy there, huh? That's right. <laughs> so um, I, we did have labor and supply shortages, I think, as one of the possible optional answers there uh, in terms of what are going to be issues. I think it was like 30 plus percent said that would definitely be an issue. But yeah, it's it's kind of funny because we're always talking about these big tenants and these big properties and things like that. But the vast majority of you know GDP and tax revenue and everything else comes from small business. And if those guys can't get their goods, it's going to be, I don't really know what the ripple effects are, but it can't be good. So let me throw a curveball at you guys before we move on. And that is Martha and Joe, how would you have responded to this? Are you glass half empty or is the glass flat? Or is the glass half full? You know, how would you see the next six to 12 months playing out for commercial real estate and are you bullish or bearish? I think now that we've gotten full approval from the FDA for Pfizer and it is uh, supposed to happen for Moderna and we will likely have the booster shot, I think, you know, with all of that happening, I feel like it's definitely on an upswing. And I think everyone's just concerned now that we're heading into the fall months and delta numbers have been rising rapidly i think what you're what you're seeing here is a reflection of that i'm going to take a positive angle here even though i do think that there are like long term ripple effects in the office market in general i think that 
if we just look demographically, the biggest cohort of you know working age Americans are this are my cohort, the millennials. God God forbid I admit to being a millennial. And although thoughts and political feelings and everything else are kind of varied in that group, I do think that we're ready to get back to living, right? And we've probably been back to living for a while now. Most are vaccinated, you know, most are uh, working. And I think as long as that's true, as it really kind of, I guess I echo what some of the survey respondents were saying, which is, if you're the government, just don't F this up, right? Like, don't do too much, right? Just, you know, you can have some restrictions, you can have some rules, you can have some this or that. But like, if you come in too strong on anything, it, it could really kind of mess with this recovery. And I think that's the biggest fear. It's not the fear of do people want to go out and work and spend money and live their lives, because we surely do. I think that the biggest fear is massive inflation, right? Uh, way too much monetary, or I should say fiscal stimulus that leads to more inflation, fewer people in the job, in the in the workforce, and so on and so on. So anyway, you know, I, I'm going to go with the positive approach here and uh, hope that Amazon can make up for any differences. <laughs> There you on go. the retail side. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll close the uh, kind of the forecast part of the podcast by saying, I think we grind better, right? We, we grind it out. We don't see a soaring recovery. We don't see a severe double dip recession. We see modest incremental improvements month after month. I echo your point, Joe, that uh, an economic mistake by either the Fed or on the taxation front or the regulatory front uh, is a very big concern, and, and hopefully we get that right. But I've had uh, the pleasure of of really traveling the country myself uh, over the last six months or so. I was doing the math recently, and uh, I, I think I've been in hotel rooms for 36 days out of the last 180. So kind of doing my part. Uh, Good for five, you. Five, Not only uh, are you doing the podcast, you're supporting the hotel industry. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to, and I try to eat in the... Uh, hotel bar and, and so forth, do my part and wherever I can. Are you a mini um, bar guy? No, I'm uh, sit down there and, uh, you know, have a cocktail or a yeah. beer and, and sure. shoot the breeze. It's partly research, partly finding out, you know, how many people are there and what it's like and asking people about the local economy. And part of it is making new friends. And, and, and in the course mostly of this, about I, watching the Mets. <laughs> well, the Mets are unwatchable these days. So it's, uh, <laughs> There's only so much pain I can can take, and, and by the way, I did I did get a chance as a little quick shout out to meet with one of our listeners this weekend. Thank you for the cup of coffee and all the insights you gave me about you know the recovery. But it's been a great opportunity for me, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back using hotels. It's just uh, an observation that uh, it feels better, but it doesn't feel great, right? And it feels like we're still uh, a year or two away from getting back to those real 2019 levels, getting past the PTSD, getting back to the confidence level is better. It feels good. I'm glad that uh, hotel owners and retail owners are doing better, but it could still be better than that. So before we wrap this up, and we need to, because lunch just arrived at the office, just saying, and I'm in Martha's office, uh, just for those who are interested, looking around at all the family photos and stuff, I feel very at home. Are you trying on the shoes? I mean, you, you seem no. like a guy that would. I think uh, Martha 
I don't think Martha has that size foot. So, you know, just or else people maybe that would. can't, uh, you know, if you're a commuter at all, you know, you cannot commute in heels. And so I have probably about 30 pairs of shoes in a cabinet in my office that I put on when I get to the office. They're pretty well arranged. I have to say, just looking at them now. I haven't missed a single pair in the last 18 months. <laughs> the image of Joe trying to stuff that big fat foot into one of those <laughs> narrow toed things with like the little opening at the peak is just uh, uh, beyond the pale for that's me. That's the hardest I've laughed on a recorded podcast that's so funny. far this you know year. What? But Open toe shoes, you might have a chance. I don't know. Before we uh, <laughs> wrap this up, uh, I do want to go through some of the comments that people made. So I think these are some of the most fun and interesting uh, parts of this. And I'll just pick out a couple kind of at random. Here we go. So, quote, remarkable how little concern there is around the office sector based on obvious trends, which will create significant pressures. Another one on office, I think offices face the biggest headwinds, work from home is here to stay. And employers who don't implement a work from home policy will be at a disadvantage when it comes to hiring and retaining talent. Another one, lender for a lot of negatives here. A lender forbearance is propping up CRE values. This will have a daisy chain effect and eventually uh, impair investors. Changes in capital gains tax could potentially have a big impact on activity in the months leading up to the implementation date, meaning people will transact before the new capital gains regime, you know, comes into place. Martha, you mentioned quickly this uh, one other here concern, the economic disruption caused by the global pandemic has not fully quote unquote hit yet in valuations, lease rates, et cetera. This is a lot of the kind of the same thing that we've been saying, right? Is that there has to be a release valve at some point for this stuff. And this guy continues, this guy or gal says, walk down Broadway and Soho and look at the retail vacancies. It really is astounding. Even if things snap back in 22, the absorption for that much vacant space will take years. From that perspective, it feels like enormous losses are already baked in and haven't been recognized yet in the market vis-a-vis -vis reported balance sheet equity, current income, and so on and so on. So those are some of the kind of, I found interesting tidbits. We also had some, some nice shout outs about the podcast. Some people saying, why do you think I know what the heck is going to happen in the future? And so it's been, it's been fun to do this. And again, if you want the full results, uh, reach out to us at podcast.trep.com and we'll send you that report. And my plan is to do it again in the next quarter so we can make a comparison about how the sentiment is going once we're knee deep in the uh, end of the year. So with that, we'll close. Thanks to our producer, Haley Keen. Join us next week. Back to our regular programming as we'll review what's happened during the week and how it might be impacting you. If you have a question or a comment, send an email to podcast.trep.com. For more information, visit trep.com and subscribe to the podcast with your favorite provider. Thank you as always for listening and stay well. All right. <laughs>